What is up, people? And thank you guys so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart, and we got a loaded show for you guys. We got some big news regarding Marvel's uh, Marvel's rollout for the Disney Plus app. We got some confirmed titles, some confirmed uh, plans moving forward. We also got some reports of new plans happening with the Disney streaming service app and Marvel uh, TV series coming to the small screen. So a lot to talk about that. Also, uh, how will Avengers Endgame end? Well, it seems like one of the primary actors in the movie isn't quite sure himself, so we'll talk about that. Also, um, we have a Bruce Wayne that will be in Teen Titans, or rather Titans Season 2 on DC Universe. And it was a miserable weekend for Hellboy as it flopped in its opening weekend, not only critically, but uh, commercially as well. So all of that, plus an uh, episode recap of Supergirl, where we'll be talking about episodes 16 and 17 of season four, House of L, and all about Eve. So really excited to do this show. Should be a fun one. And this is the week before, or two weeks, where we're now, what, two weeks away from our Avengers? Or is it a week away? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks away from the end game uh, review show so uh this is like almost like your wrestling fans almost like wrestlemania season now because uh, you get to now the summer movies coming up and we've already seen captain marvel we've seen shazam there are more to come with spider-man avengers and dark phoenix so with that being said let me introduce you guys introduce you guys to my co-host joining me first shamari stewart shamari what are you excited to talk about today i am excited to talk about um a lot of this disney plus stuff i mean disney plus is bringing so much content this year with Marvel and with Star Wars even. Um, so, I mean, we're finally hearing things about Disney+. Plus. Uh, so there's a lot of news. Um, so it's a lot to talk about. So so uh, uh, that's what I'm most looking forward to getting into today. Kendall joins us as well. Kendall, excited to have you on the show this week as well. What are you looking forward to talking about today? Um... I mean, there's a lot of interesting uh, nuggets that we've learned about uh, when it comes to the, uh, like Shamari mentioned, the, the the Disney Plus streaming service. Um, and also, I'm excited to talk about Supergirl. I haven't talked about that in a while. So Yeah, you haven't, you, we talked about Supergirl, but this is your first time talking about Mr. Lex Luthor and his endeavors on the show. So I'm excited to get your take on what you've seen from him, so. Should be a fun show, but let's get right to it. And let's begin, as I, we said earlier, talking about the Disney Plus app. So it was a big week for Disney. Of course, if you've been paying attention to the Star Wars stuff, you had Celebration this weekend, which I'm sure on the Imperial broadcast tomorrow, you'll be hearing plenty of content about that. So you might want to check that out. But also, uh, this weekend, earlier in the week, Disney unveiled uh, pretty much their entire game plan, so to speak, or at least a lot of their game plan for what you could be seeing from the Disney Plus app. It would include... Uh, Disney content, Pixar content, Star Wars content, National Geographic content, and yes, indeed, Marvel content. Part of that Marvel content will be a, a, a very a string of series that will be coming to the streaming uh, service at uh, the price of seven ninety nine a month, which to me, guys, is uh, lower than I expected. I don't know how you guys felt about the price, but I, I, I expected north of ten. Uh, so seven ninety nine feels like a, a, a good price. I'm a little surprised that the mouse didn't 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 want us to go more in our pockets, but I'm totally not going to complain about that. And uh, among the big reveals were the official uh, reveals and titles for various Marvel series. So we got um, three of them, uh, well four, I guess, right? We had uh, Loki, which will be starring Tom Hiddleston. We got WandaVision, which is the name of the Scarlet Witch 
uh, Vision show, which now I think we've come to the we got to come to the realization that they're not going to call it the Scarlet Witch. I think at this point because they, I don't know if they ever have. And now the the one chance you get to call it the Scarlet Witch, they're going WandaVision. So um, that'll be the show with uh, Wanda Maximoff and Vision. Um, we have a uh, a, 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 a Winter Soldier and Falcon show, which we got a really dope logo for as well so they gave us a little addition to that along with the fact that that show's coming out that we heard of and uh a brand new one that we heard whispered out never really got confirmed hawkeye will be uh will be debuting on the disney plus app it will star jeremy renner and it'll be a story of him passing the torch on to uh on uh kate bishop which is is the the new hawkeye in the comic books that had a lot of comic book fans really excited so shamari i talked to you first before we get into some of the rumors about what may be coming down the pipe, what did you feel about the, the reveals we got earlier this week? Um, so it's extremely exciting, all these shows. Um, I'm loving the price. You know, I'm glad they're going the route of, um, listen, make it available for people. Mm-hmm. Step one. <laughs> you know, step one, make all this content available for people to get. Then, you know, if they want to go and start raising the prices, like I hear Netflix is raising the price again. Um, so, I mean, if they want to go that, that route down the line, sure. But at first you don't just, you know, charge people $20 to start or anything crazy like that, you know? So, um, I feel like this just, I feel like it just makes sense. Uh, I feel like it's better for everyone, including Disney, cause more people are going to get their app. Um, now in regards to these shows, the one I'm most looking forward to is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, just be, I mean, Part of me is like, that logo is selling me on its own. It's a really cool logo. You know, it looks like it's going to be a really fun TV show. So I, um, you know, so I'm really excited to see that. And those are some of my favorite characters in the MCU. I mean, what what the Russos were able to do with them in the Captain America movies um, and what they've been able to show in the in the last Avengers movie, um, I'm extremely impressed with with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I think those those actors as well. Um, you know, Anthony Mackie and, uh, uh, who's the other? Uh, uh, Sebastian Stan. Yeah, and Sebastian Stan. I mean, they're both extremely talented. Um, they're great in their roles. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Is that coming out at launch? Because, I mean, they have it already there. So I'm guessing that's going to appear when it launches. Um, well, it launches in November. I don't know if they revealed the dates for almost any of these shows. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. The only one we know is Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, I know, right. is going to be there at launch. Yeah, I think these other shows, I don't think they said. I would be surprised if I don't think that so. show. I mean, my launch. guess is no. Yeah, I think the only one that would probably have a shot is, I think, Loki. But it is interesting that that's the first one they got a logo. Yeah, I know. That's the, that, yeah, would, that, I, would, I that, that would suggest <laughs> that maybe it's further along than the other ones. But I also feel like we know, uh, we, know we know we know Cheeto we know Cheeto's been shooting Avengers. Did, did it? I don't know. We know we know we, I mean I'm sure Stan has been has too, I don't know. But uh what do you say, Ken? I didn't hear that question. Is that WandaVision has a logo also? I don't think so. I didn't oh, see one. No. I think only Yeah, it has a title but no I haven't seen a logo for it. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a logo either. Can I say I think that's a terrible name? I thought it was kinda weird too. It's gotta I guess it's gotta grow on me. Because for just the first time hearing it, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, it. I think I like it better than you know Scarlet Witch and Vision. Really? I mean, you could call it that, but I mean, that's like, that's kind of like, not corny, but you know, I mean. I mean, I feel I, like they. I, I feel like they should call it something else. Nice ring to it. I don't know. I don't think that's corny, but. 
I think they should call something else just for the sake of not for if you're having all these buddy shows. Not all of them. Yeah, 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 the names, the names, the characters. Yeah, you know, that's kind of like like something they do in the seventies or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's like all right, come on, let's get something else. So I understand them. Scooby Doo in the Teeny <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I understand them wanting to call something else. But well, like, I think with those two though, they're to me an iconic duo. They're a kind of couple, so like, I felt like if you're gonna give a name of the heroes and it be like, you know, their name, that one made the most sense to me. Yeah, it could have worked. That one made the most sense. It makes more sense to me than fucking Winter Soldier does. But like, I think they thought that Wandavision like worked more. I mean, it, it's kind of it kind of has a hashtag feel to it. Like to me, like you know, like people yeah. of course have been shipping these two. Like, like to me, like that, like I'm, I'm sure people online may have already been calling them Wandavision. Like as a couple, so I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like something they would be doing. I don't think I haven't, I, don't, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been said. I, I would guarantee you that that has something to do with why they named it that, because it has that Bradget Bradgelina, all the same kind of things. Like that's what they're going for with that. I just I think it's weird. Um, uh, but Kendall, what, what do you what do you make of, of the reveals? In particular, I want to ask your opinion on uh, on Hawkeye uh, because that was something that was new. And, and hearing that Jimmy Renner will be in the show, but that it will be him in a team-up and kind of a, pa- a torch-passing uh, series to Kate Bishop, who has yet to be announced in terms of the casting. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, for me, I mean, the one, well, the one thing I'll say is that, you know, this is still, the, the, the Hawkeye thing is still being reported. Um, oh, okay, right, right. You know, Marvel hasn't come out because that would first. I was like, I feel like that'd be a spoiler. They, they haven't even like, you know. Yeah, that's, no. that's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. It, all this news came out on the same day, so I, I, I mixed them up. But yeah, yeah. That, that was not announced officially. It's, I mean, reported by Variety, so you know. yeah, it's gonna happen. But yeah, it's not very a, likely. Gonna not happen. a Disney thing yet. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that that's uh, gives me more confidence in the whole. There will be some sort of future flash forward sequences. There will be some of those sequences in Endgame, um, and that we will get probably some younger Avengers characters introduced, including Kate Bishop, um, who's playing Kate Bishop. I have no clue. Um, is it Catherine Langford? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. But you think um, we're gonna get a uh, Harley Keener? According <laughs> uh, to IMDb, um, <laughs> Catherine Lake would certainly fit the like the the profile of like the, the star of a like Disney Plus series. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So I like, agree that would that. make sense. But um, but yeah, uh, so I, I mean, I think that's good news. Um, I think it also probably suggests that Hawkeye. I mean, he doesn't have to. He could die in this movie. And probably they could probably still do something, but I would even suggest that he's probably a little safer uh, coming into this movie. Um, I think for me, you know, they the fact that they've confirmed all these movies one it suggests that a lot of the reporting we've heard has been accurate because yes, you know, we've I mean it was not a guarantee that any of those things were ever going to happen. We were kind of like we were kind of surprised when we when we heard that they were being announced. We heard they were being rumored. So, oh yeah, they might be doing a Loki show. Tom Middleton's supposed to be in it, and it, it came true. As did the Scarlet Witch and Vision. As did uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. So, 
that that suggests that I mean this the Hawkeye show will probably re- will probably be real and uh, if there's any other future reports that uh, especially from major media outlets that you have to take them seriously. Yeah, I mean that was that was that was something that was uh, I pointed I thought about as well when I when I heard about the these drops was that they've been these reports have been on the money and like you know again these were big name outlets that were reporting it uh, not initially but eventually they caught on to a lot of these Disney. Disney Plus titles as well, so nonetheless, like, we were getting early rumors on, like, Reddit pages and stuff about these exact stuff that got, that ended up being official announcement by Disney Plus. Yeah, I was gonna say, so, Kendall, what you're saying is, everything we see on Reddit that someone says they have an inside source, we should just take them at face value. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Not advise that. Uh, we we getting probably a lot of lawsuits. It's our direction. We get a lot of lawsuits for, uh, for, uh, for uh, pushing uh, false false narratives uh, if he did that. But, but in terms of these other, these B stories, I mean, they've been pretty much on the money with that. Um, I'm excited. I mean, uh, to me, it's kind of crazy that all these shows are coming out. And then today... In the last day or two, we've gotten word that there is more to come. At least according to we got discovered because they're saying that uh, a War Machine show is being developed. They're saying a Hulk, a Hulk oh. and She-Hulk show is being developed. Uh, team up between those two. We haven't been introduced to She-Hulk at all in the Marvel Universe Cinematic Universe yet. So that would be even more content based uh, coming out of what this is. That's fascinating to me. If those are true, because now that would be. A lot of characters that we're expecting to see in Endgame uh, survive. I mean, I. The thing is, like, the 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 the, the overwhelming, the prevailing thought is that, assuming they don't have like this mass thing where like they kill off all the original Avengers, which is one theory that people have had, that it would be either one of or both of Captain America and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like. As long as they don't <laughs> announce, yeah, we're doing an Iron Man show, or, you know, we're doing a Captain American show, um, and maybe Thor is probably the other third that people thought there's a good chance he may not be around after Endgame. Like it would be the Holy Trinity of the MCU that would be that could be uh, ridden out of the universe in some capacity. I, uh, I mean, what gets so me is aren't impossible, right? I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like the whole She Hulk one. Not necessarily impossible, but you need a massive budget to do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're talking, like, beyond anything. Well, we talked about the Hulk, and we were like, it seems hard to do. Yeah, I mean, we're talking beyond anything in any of these shows. Legends of Tomorrow, any of these other shows with these superpowered people. A Hulk and She-Hulk show with Ruffalo and somebody somebody else as She-Hulk. You know, uh, I mean, but the question becomes, how how do you, you know, can you shoot that in a way in which you're smart in terms of your budget? Uh, but it also be convincing. Cause that's the thing is that do you have? Can you, it's hard to do a Hulk show show when it's all uh, a banner and and, uh, and 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 Jen. That's not a show that we necessarily. I mean, I would watch it, but I'm just saying, you if you if you if you build She Hulk and Hulk, we want to see She Hulk and Hulk. Yep. So is there a way in which they can kind of find a happy medium between showing uh, Bruce and Jennifer and and also showing. The green, our green friends, you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm a, it's an open question that I don't know if they have the answer to. Yeah. It seems like something that would be hard for for them to do. Uh, to me, it sounds like either this will be a very short series that goes all in on the She Hulk Hulk idea, or 
if it's a longer series, more than five episodes, I would imagine that's a lot of non-CGI Ruffalo and whoever yeah. this actress who I, will play Jennifer would be. I mean, to be fair, um, they are doing a Scarlet Witch and Vision show. That's, that's probably going to be pretty costly. Vision well. should be very, should be <laughs> very costly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I mean, it's Disney's budget. You know, they're putting these and movie characters on TV. So, I, I think. I mean, I think Hulk and She-Hulk. Like, if the budget is not a problem, which I mean, I mean, they claim it's not for the Mandalorian. You know, I mean, the Mandalorian doesn't yeah. appear to have that crazy of a budget, but that's been the word. Yeah. You know, everything we've seen doesn't seem that like out of the realm of possibility yeah. but um but what I what I'll say about Hulk and Shield cuz that if you can do it like it's I think it's totally worth it. Absolutely. I don't know if War Machine is worth it. Yeah, War Machine is the other one that they they're mentioning. Yeah, I'm wondering about that too. I mean, it just it just sounds I mean, I'd honestly I'd watch all these shows. We're going to watch all of them. I'd watch yeah. all of these shows gladly. But I mean, a War Machine show of all of the ones that were pitched, this is that's probably that's definitely the one I'm least excited about. You'd have which to is ironic because I feel like Cheeto. This is ironic though because I feel like right. Cheeto was probably one of, if not the most accomplished actor, yeah, actor of all of these people, maybe the exception of Hiddleston. But which like maybe why? Yeah, you know, and maybe Renner too. He's probably on the same level as Renner. Yeah, they're all in the same tier. But like, you know, he's not a nobody. Like he could lead his own show. Yeah. But it's ironic. I but I don't disagree. Like I I think that is ironic that. All the actors that could carry their own TV series, he would make a lot of sense. But they just haven't—they never really fleshed out the Rhodey yeah. character. That yeah, well. they haven't written him like that. Yeah, I mean Iron Man <laughs> movies—they've written him like solely as a sidekick. Right. Yeah, the yeah. Iron Man movies focused heavily on Robert Downey, and that's not surprising. He's an incredible talent, and Tony Stark is a captivating character, and he—he and he, he kind of just sucks the lock the oxygen out of a room, not only within the story, but actually in your mind when you're watching the movie. <laughs> Uh, so I would love to see Rhodey get that chance because we, as I said, we haven't explored him well. But because of that, we I come into it thinking, where's the natural fit for this movie? I mean, this show in line with the other shows. The other shows, I think, I mean, to me, a Loki show doesn't still make that much sense. But we still don't know really many details of it quite yet. Uh, but that one, I think, the ones I've been pitched, I agree. I kind of look at them like, okay, I mean, I I could watch an Iron Man suit. Or you know one of those Iron Man suits fly around and shoot stuff for ever, so I could watch that. But again, budget and stuff. How much am I that am I getting? Am I getting a lot of Rhodey? And if you're doing that, okay, well this is a character that you are you going to explore more in the end game to make me want to watch more of this? I, I guess my question with all these shows is going to be like, how does this fit with the MCU? Um, because the end game is such a monster in regards to how it's going to set the tone for the next uh, the next era, the next uh, phase, so to speak. It's hard to get a feel for how these shows will fit in, but until we see this movie, which is, I think, you know, a good segue into the it next. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, kind of forward. Well, I was gonna say I, I saw a quote from Kevin Feige. I want to say it might have been this week or last week, but he had said something about like, uh, like the post Endgame MCU like being like different, or like he said something about one of these movies like being like the starter, like the post Endgame. MCU and it, it like suggested that like, you know, that there will be like a shakeup. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be to be doing this kind of thing. I just feel like there's no way all of this can be. I'm beyond. I can't. I can't feel like all, none of the way all of this can be in the same universe in the present day. Mm. I, to I me, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, we've 
Oh yeah, he said that this was that that big Disney Plus thing. He said uh, the Disney Plus originals is a part of the post Endgame Avengers post Avengers Endgame MCU. Yeah, I think it's a, the status quo change, and I think that I I don't think I mean I I don't I, I don't think that all these characters will survive in game. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but I get the impression that that's unlikely, so I feel like some of these characters, some of these things have got to be flashbacks or something. We also, uh, they also confirmed, uh, another thing that we talked about, which was, the the What If Marvel animated series is happening. Yes. And, um, uh, they said that they, they, they're, they're going to be doing, a um, a What If Peggy Carter became Captain America, um. If Steve, if Steve Rogers like uh, became uh, like Iron Man or stuff like that, I don't know, that should be interesting. That could be fine. I hope they get a uh, they get a uh, the, the you know the actress that played Peggy Carter in the movie to to to, to voice her in that they kind of show. That, that 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 would that would be that would be very ideal. I'm it would be almost a must for me. But but if it, you can't do it, that would suck. But if they could do it, that would be amazing. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, new and current Marvel cast members will be lending their voices to the series. That's great. I mean, I th- I feel like if you're a Marvel fan and or you're just kind of pay attention to what Disney was doing with this Plus app, I feel like you gotta feel somewhat satisfied with what you heard. There's a lot of uncertainty what we're gonna see, but you got a lot of titles. Uh, even then, you got reports of more titles coming. Um, a price that seemed reasonable. Star Wars content on there. I, I mean, I think I think you gotta be pretty happy with what they're happening right now. Now it's about execution and, and how, what the timeline is for all these shows to eventually uh, see see the light of day. But I do want to uh, segue over to stay with Marvel and particularly stay with uh, Avengers because Mark Ruff- Ruffalo was speaking this week and he spoke about um, the fact that he does not really know how the movie ends. And that uh, the secretive nature, which we kind of heard from a lot of actors. Chris Hemsworth said that there were a lot of weird stuff in his scripts, and he, he really didn't see much of the script. Um, a lot of the actors have been saying that they don't know much of how, how the movie was cut and edited and how it ended, and they shot a lot of different stuff. Ruffalo uh, kind of jumps on that same boat saying, quote, uh, I shot like five different endings to this movie. I didn't even get to get a whole script of this movie. I don't know why the script... I did get had a dummy had dummy scenes in it, so that is clearly um, interesting. It definitely would help uh, the Russos in regards to keeping this movie under wraps and making it making it, making sure that spoilers would be difficult uh, to le- leak out if you shot various different endings. Now, when he says endings, he's saying the ending of the actual movie, which the ending to the movie could be. He mentions a scene that could have possibly happened. Um, and to me, like that's an ending, but we, it doesn't really tell you what the, how the plot ends. So that's like that could just be that could be them just messing around with stuff and like how they finish the movie after the the conflict with Thanos is resolved one way or another. Um, or is he saying that no? Not only is, is are there like like last little tying up knots or tying up you know loose ends scenes that I shot that were different. Is he saying also no the the actual plot and the conflict with Thanos that we shot it was shot differently in different ends of time. Now, that's the case. That leaves us into a really exciting place. It's like, well, the actors don't even know. It's gonna be very hard before people get their eyes to watch this to get an idea of exactly how this movie is gonna shake out. Yeah, this is um, you know, 
I mean, I don't know. It's surprising, but then it's not because this is the biggest movie in this entire movie studio's, uh, uh, basically in, in its whole existence. This is the biggest movie. So this really isn't that um, surprising that they would go to, the, to such lengths. It must have been extremely annoying for cast. Yeah. Though, when you think, <laughs> I mean, when you, you imagine something like that, I mean, I think he also said, I, I read somewhere that he, or hurt, no, yeah, I read somewhere that he said that he filmed uh, a death scene for him where he gets snapped away. Also. <laughs> wow. So he's like, I don't even know, I don't know if I know I was going to survive. I didn't know if I was going to. So it's like, what? You know, he must have been so confused. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting that they're going to such lengths. Um, you know, it, I feel for the actors. I do appreciate the dedication to keeping this stuff a secret. You know, so even if someone did let tell someone something, it may not even be true, or it may be one of many different endings, or one of many different things that are going to happen. You think any of these endings are going to um, be any any kind of special feature or anything? Uh, or do you think this question. is just something purely just to trick actors? I think it's. <laughs> It's tough. I mean, a lot of times you see these movies. I mean, horror movies do it all the time. Uh, we right. did it with Get Out and, and yeah. Resident Evil, where you have these different endings. You can see how the movie ends in different ways. Right. I mean, it, it would be interesting if the Russos went that route. It would be kind of cool. We never had that before, I think, with superhero movies where you had alternate endings. Um, I, I, I don't imagine they'll do that in terms of letting it out to the public. But, I mean, if you want to sell a DVD, you want to sell special features, that's a great selling point. To be like, hey, you know, you want to just wait for Netflix? No, no, no. You need to buy this this Blu-ray because we got alternate endings to this movie, right? And that would make sense if they wanted to do that. I don't know if they'll they'll pull that trigger. I don't know why you can though. Yeah, I see. I I didn't interpret this as they that they were shooting this necessarily solely to trick the actors. I, I just feel like that'd be a wasted <laughs> waste of time and money. But I mean, I, well, I mean, they, they, I, to be fair, can the father continue? I mean, they've been burned with Ruffalo, with who they think who may have spoiled something in this in these comments. You read the whole comments. Yeah. Um, uh, Ruffalo, um, with Holland in the past. So, right. so they they've had, they've been burned by these guys before. So maybe they feel like they have to go to these roots. But anyway, continue. Go to these lines. Yeah, like, I because I just feel like. I, I think it also gives them, and that, I'm I'm sure that was part of it. I I think that it also just gives them creative flexibility to change things they see fit. Um, like for like if like if they if they filmed him doing it with you know getting snapped away, they can make the decision. Yeah, maybe maybe want to have Polk die. You know, huh. they, I mean they decided ultimately what they wanted to do, but. Um, it gives them that opportunity in that in that post production uh, phase to kind of mess around with the movie. Is there any chance that like they they were gonna go with like Endgame being like actually uh, you know like the the new Avengers as opposed to the old Avengers? Like the idea that Hulk was shot in a scene where he 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 was wiped away was like really strange to me because I'm like, how would that have worked? Like, I mean, because to me, like, it was clear, like, how they did it was, like, they want to get the OGs back together. So if you got rid of one, I'm assuming you would have got rid of more. Like, what would Endgame have looked like had they did it that way? It would yeah. very different than what we had. The whole story, the whole yeah. feel of it would be different. Um, so that's why, I, I, like, to me, it's surprising that they would even consider that, which is why I, 
I tend to think that it was more for just the actors, but you never really know. Um, yeah, I tend to think it was. Um, I mean, I tend to think it was for the actors. Part of the reason I, I even consider that is because I know they film like all these fake scenes for trailers, even which I think is kind of crazy. Mm. You know that they film scenes just for trailers to throw people off. It's like, wow, really? You get all you get all the actors in costume really acting these moments and i'm sure they don't know i don't think they know this is specifically for a trailer um you know so i don't know i mean i remember before infinity war sebastian stan said he was filming all these scenes he doesn't know what movie it's in you know which is crazy <laughs> to me because like, i don't know what movie these the, the scenes are going to be and i just finished filming all these scenes i don't know where it's going to be you know so um yeah i don't know I, they're it's clear they're purposefully like keeping things secret for from the actors um now this specifically with the different endings you know i'll admit it does seem extreme i think i think that's the most extreme i probably have heard is film five different endings like wow five different endings you know uh but you know hey i mean if that's so we all taking him at face value that he actually did this i'm taking him at face value it could have been an exaggeration you know but but you don't think that you don't think that there's no way that he only shot one ending and he's just making this up no, I don't think so. Oh, I, think so I think he's telling the truth. It's interesting that we all agree on that. But I, I thought maybe one of us would think that, oh, no, he's just saying this just to get... I mean, it's just, it, characters is not impossible. It, yeah. I mean, of all the people, he would be the one that I, I would not put it past him <laughs> to make something up like that. Because, again, yeah, I cannot agree. He's kind of a quirky dude. But I don't know. I just... For some reason, I agree. I, I am kind of taking this at face value that they did shoot a lot of different stuff. Because all the actors have been saying the same thing. Now, that would be a great, if you're trying to not spoil things, that's, like, this excuse would be a great excuse to not have to go into any plot details. Like, because I'm always thinking, you know, journalistic perspective, cynical, not cynical, but skeptical perspective. Like, okay, well, what's the benefit to saying this if it's not true? I'm like, well, if you're worried about, you're getting pestered with questions on your, on these tours, not just for the Avengers movies, but when you're, they're doing other movies, and they always get questions about what's going to happen with Endgame. A great way to just get away from them and not even be close to having to uh spoil anything it's just say i don't my script was so crazy that i don't i was shot stuff that i don't even know what's in like that would be a very convenient way to not have to go into any details and but yet still say something of somewhat interest um so I, i'm keeping that in the back of my head but i i agree with you guys i tend to tend to take this at face value and it's fascinating to see how the russos operate they yeah, feel this is a uh, a smart way of, of of going about it. I've never seen it before done this way, but more power to them. I mean, they've done a great job so far. Uh, Endgame. I mean, this two weeks is going to be the longest two weeks to me. I mean, well, maybe not that bad. It's my birthday next week, so <laughs> the week after my birthday will be the longest week. Those those days in between there will be very mm-hmm. difficult, but uh, but it should be fun nonetheless. Anyway, let's talk more about uh, away from more superhero stuff. Away, of course, from the uh, Marvel stuff. Let's get to DC. And we got some pretty uh, interesting news coming out about Titans. So that show debuted last fall to, I think, somewhat moderate uh, response. Some people really liked it. I think on this show we kind of liked it, though we kind of thought it was a little weird and, and they, they did have some missteps. So season two should be really fascinating to see whether or not they go more towards the upward swing or the downward swing. The season finale, I think we all agreed, was a colossal failure. Um but what's fascinating is we learned a lot about, well, we didn't learn a lot, but we saw a lot of Batman in the season finale, which was, again, very surprising. 
Uh, now we have an actor who will be playing Bruce Wayne. Uh, according to Deadline, it will be Ian Glenn, who, if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, Jorah. 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 Sir Jorah Mormon. Sir Jorah Mormon <laughs> is, 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 is now going to be Bruce Wayne in, T- in Titans. So, a lot of stuff here. One, you got a casting for Bruce Wayne, but two, Bruce Wayne is in the show. I know that's something we've talked about a lot. Is that whether or not we see him, whether or not he would be a part of the show? Was he going to just continue? It was continue. Was going to continue to be just a silhouette <laughs> or just a guy, a stunt double in a costume, you standing know. at the door? <laughs> like we didn't know what what to expect from him yet, but um, but now we see. I mean, I'm they didn't get Glenn to not to be a silhouette. He's going to have lines. He's going to be a part of the storyline. Uh, so. When you think about this, and you also think about the fact that Jason Todd is not going to be a series regular, uh, I'll toss it to you, Kendall. What, what do you see? What do you What are you expecting from Titan season two? It seems like well, they're leaning more into the the Robin end of the storyline, which is something that was welcomed by some, but also criticism of the show that they relied too heavily on the Gotham Batman yeah. uh, Robin kind of uh, backdrop. Yeah, it definitely. The show at times definitely felt more like you know Robin than it did. <laughs> Titan. Robin and his amazing <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's the best way to put it. But um, I, uh, I mean, I want to. I mean, it's definitely interesting that they are, you know, going with uh, a full on Bruce Wayne. Um, I didn't necessarily expect that, but I feel like it's something you kind of have to do if you're really going to do this show and it's not going to look like ridiculous. Um, now, you know, Glenn. He's definitely an older actor, so For sure. I think that that suggests that they do want to go with an older Bruce Wayne. I mean, he almost he almost looks like somebody that could play Bruce Wayne in like like a Batman Beyond, you know, movie mm. or Batman Beyond story rather than you know a Nightwing story. But um, clearly, they're going for an older. I mean, maybe some Flash Forward for all we know. That's another possibility. But um, going for an older Bruce Wayne, uh, I think. The fact that Jason Todd the series regular, I mean, does that suggest we're going to get Red Hood? I feel like it has to, you know, or at least we're getting the Red Hood story this season. Because what other reason would Jason Todd be a series regular if he's just going to be Jason Todd the entire series? The entire I mean, season? these are all great questions, Kendall Sham. I, I don't know what is happening with Titans. Let me just put that out there. We yeah, have we have uh, Crypto. Superboy. We have Superboy. We have Don Troy coming back. We have Batman. We have Jason Todd as a series regular. Um, we have the Titans, sh- the actual regulars on the show. Bat- Beast Boy, Starfire, Trigon. 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 We only we didn't even resolve what happened in season one with Trigon. I'm assuming Hawk and Dove will make an appearance. Like, I don't know what is happening. But what I will say about this show, Sham, is I think that what we learned from last year, I think we'll kind of continue this year. Is that also they not to cut you off? Yeah. They also cast. Uh, uh, Jericho and Ravager, uh, Dead Deathstroke's kids. Right. So uh, to me, Sham, I-, I think we talked about it a little bit last year, but I think I'm starting to kind of get the feel for what this show is. It's gonna be kind of like a really, it's gonna be like a comic book, but not one of those comic books where like the storyline is very streamlined. It's gonna be a lot of like one-off kind of stories where I think that there will be somewhat of a of a of a continuing trend. But, you know, last season they went all over the place. I think mm-hmm. that's by design. I, You know, maybe I thought it was chaotic. And I don't know if it really, really works from a TV standpoint. 
But uh, if you read like an all-star Batman or a, a show like that or, or read a book like that where it's um, issue by issue by issue and yes, the, you know, there is a story, but like things can jump around and, uh, and it's not necessarily so much about just continuing a linear storytelling, uh, you know, you know, you know, plan. I think that this is with all these different characters, there's no way you can do this streamline and it makes sense. That's how I look at it. But I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, it has to be a really well-told story <laughs> for yeah. all this to work. Um, Jason Todd being a, a, a series regular, um, who was it that said that must mean Red Hood? Was it you or Ken? Ken, though. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope they don't. For, cause, so, if they do the Red Hood storyline, that means the Joker's got to appear, right? Um, so, that means we're going to get Joker. Um, you know, I would hope they're going to show <laughs> what happened. What? Remember with the Joker? Yeah, uh, we did have a fake Batman Joker. killed the Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, so we got to get Joker. We got to see Joker do what he did. And then he's got to come back, either not, if not do this season, next season. Uh, I mean, well, you know, I, I mean, at least I know, and, you know, you we know, like, we know. I don't know the entire audience, but. I think we have it's to not see. a Jason Todd show. I feel like you don't necessarily have to. Show. I mean, if you're making I, I, them a series regular at this point, and if you're making them, and if you're making, if he's raised Jason Todd, you're making them somewhat of a villain. I think, you, I think to not show what happened to him would be a misstep. I get right. that his story is kind of iconic, but I think that's the point of it. Like the point of it is that yeah, it's iconic. Therefore, you got to show that on the big. You got to show that in live action. Like, we've never seen it in live action, you know. Um, so I think they have to do it. it we, you know, to be one interesting thing is that there has been a set photo release of Jason Todd on the set and he's mm-hmm. wearing his Robin costume so he's going to be Robin for at least one scene in the show um, what more or less or not less but what more we see from him in the Robin suit I don't know but it, I don't know I, I think that this is going to be a show that's going to be again way more I think it's going to be way more of a one shot kind of thing with a lot of these stories I, I think that they, they kind of push that envelope a little bit last season, I think they might go even full on with it. Because they're they're introducing way too many characters for this to make any sense. Uh, storyline yeah, storyline has Superboy, Crypto, Batman, Jason Todd, Deathstroke's kids, uh uh Trigon, and then also and the, Batman. the yeah, Batman and also the regulars uh, of the show. I don't that just seems and they only got thirteen episodes to figure it all out. That's like a you need thirty episodes to make that work. Yeah. Um I, I am looking forward to seeing Iron Glenn as Batman, or as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, what do you make of that? And, and Batman, you, you've seen you you've seen him now for seven years on the screen. Yeah. So what do you make of that casting? I, um, it's a very interesting casting. I'm wondering what kind of Bruce Wayne we're gonna see. That I, I, he's 57 years old. Yeah, you know he's older. He's but he's fit. He is very fit. Which which yes, you like ma- which Jones, makes yeah. him a good casting, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Exactly. Yeah, if he, yeah, exactly. Um, if you're looking for an older Bruce Wayne, but a Bruce Wayne that is still able to be a fighter, yeah, you know, or able to pull that off, you know. So, I mean, it's it's interesting, and it may, it's just very curious for me, you know, because I'm wondering what we're gonna see from this Batman, and I mean, Batman's a very pr- particular character. Very different from Jorah, <laughs> you know, just to put it bluntly, you know. Yeah. So he's going to have to be someone that's very, very opposite to what I've seen on screen, especially, and, you know, especially this Batman. 
you know. I mean, this Batman is like Batman, but it's particularly distrustful, uh, conniving, um, you know, kind of just, just sending Jason Todd, oh, yeah, go help Dick, you know, putting a chip in Dick, <laughs> you know, yeah. doing all this other stuff uh, that is just, you know, um, I don't know, just very, I mean, it, it's just not the it's the worst of, of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's particularly what yeah, they they wanted to show us. Um, so this is uh, I don't know. I'm expecting to see a lot of very heated confrontations if they show him with in him interact with Brute with uh, uh, Dick. Glenn should be able to deliver on those scenes. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think that he's. I mean, he plays a, he plays kind of a quiet yeah character, but he kind of also has a kind of a quiet, stoic kind of like rigid rigidness about him in the Jorah character. I think he could bring to Bruce Wayne that could work. Um, the way Deadline described this Bruce Wayne is after decades of crime fighting as Batman billionaire Bruce Wayne is just as driven to protect Gotham from evil as he was in his prime, needing to reconcile his relationship with the Grace and the duo hope to forge a new dynamic as Bruce tries to help his former sidekick and the Titans achieve success. So that sounds more like the Batman we saw in Batman Beyond, like Kendall right. was mentioning, then the Batman that we saw in uh, even Dick's dreams, who was very fit and very able and very capable of taking out anyone. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Is how does that work? Um, is there a future flash forward? Because again, they they also are in such a bad place. Uh, how it, they're in such a bad place? It doesn't seem like Bruce would be able to even come back into life if he wanted to. Like so, the idea that. That's how the story's going to go. That mm-hmm. that there, it's going to be him kind of throwing an olive, olive branch to the Titans. Could this be something from the future? Um, or or why was Dick's thoughts of Batman in his dreams someone who was as lethal as he was? And even though yeah. the Batman that we have is in his late fifties, there's a lot of questions I would have with that. But um, but I, I'm intrigued by the casting. I, I it's not what I expected. I expected they were going to go with someone who was going to be someone who was probably in their early 40s, yeah. late 30s, maybe at the at the youngest, but someone who definitely was very fit and very much in, act, in action. This sounds like a Batman who's maybe a little bit uh, inactive in terms of his crime fighting. So that's that was a, a there's a lot of you know a lot of weird things with this casting, but um, we'll keep following it as we continue to uh, see where that goes. But our, our last topic for this week is kind of on a down note. If you were excited about Hellboy, because that movie failed miserably, um, huge flop. This opening weekend, it's uh, coming in at a, a very, very modest twelve million dollars domestically. Uh, the critic score on uh, on on Cinema Score is a C. The Rotten Tomato score, last I checked, was like eleven. I don't know if it's still that low. <laughs> But it was something. It was something really bad. Um, <laughs> Apparently, at one point, it was at nine percent. That's just I mean, that's Fantastic Four. Man. That's literally. I checked Fantastic Four. I was like, "What's Fantastic Four at?" And it's at nine percent. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I remember that number vivid. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is a colossal failure. Um, Lionsgate did this movie. I don't know. It was Lionsgate Kendall. Uh, yeah, pretty bad. I. This is bad. Right now, it's at fifteen percent uh, for those who are. Uh, All right, keep so we're it, on the rise. Keeping we're score on the right direction. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they're on the upswing. Uh, I think Summit uh, was actually the uh, studio. But um, I, I, what does this say to you guys? I mean, we haven't seen the movie yet. Um, with a fifteen percent rating, fifteen percent rating, it's not going to be a movie I see in theaters. 
Um, I I, I may take a shot on it on it on HBO on Showtime on a 11 p.m. midnight night or a midnight kind of thing when I'm bored and I got nothing to do. But what does it say? Because you know there's been the talk of superhero fatigue, and is that a thing? And it seems like Shazam and Captain Marvel have just thrown that out of the water. Uh, Hellboy was a fairly successful movie when it first came out 15 years ago. Its reboot here uh, has is a, was a colossal bomb. And what's crazy about it is to me, I don't I don't know if this is that surprising. But but is there more to this than what than what than what we saw, Sham? Is there something that maybe is a, is a is a greater sign for superhero movies as a whole or is this kind of an isolated incident with this movie being a bad idea from start to from start to finish and then being executed really poorly well i definitely don't think so, I, bleh, I definitely don't think this is a greater sign for superhero movies mm-hmm. um i mean even just looking at endgame and Shazam even you know these movies can do very very well as long as they're put together well um you know, I think this is a sign of of. Uh, it sounds like just really poor direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, um, <laughs> I mean that's that's really what it sounds like. It's just very poor. From what I read, uh, from the critics, you know, um, and from people that just didn't like the movie, it sounds like it was just poorly made. Mm-hmm. That's just what it was. Um, when I look, when I read the things about this movie, um, I notice I don't hear anything bad about David Harbour or really any of the actors right. or actresses in the movie, which is interesting um, and good for David Harbour. <laughs> yeah, um, was he? Wasn't he recently cast for something else, superhero related? Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Um, which is shooting in June, by the way. That was news this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's recently cast for Black Widow. He should still be okay for that. Um, uh, but, yeah, you know. No, imagine like, if this was kind of like sports where, like, you know, like like in the NBA draft, like if you play poorly in the tournament, like you get you fall out of the first round. Yeah, like yeah. imagine like, <laughs> like like him. He's like, oh, I know your last movie didn't do well. We, we cut you. Like that's what this, this is. Because that's what will happen. Like this is like Jared Culver in the Final Four. Yeah. Like, you had your moment and it didn't go very well. Like they then you lose your spot, you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, really? I, I think that 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 notion has always has been a uh, was kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, well, we've seen one with Ryan Reynolds and his comeback. Yeah, sure. Green Lantern and even Tom Hardy. You know, he wasn't terrible as Venom, but you know, kind of had a flop uh, in Venom. But he's also had successes. You know, he's, I thought he was very good in Bane. So yeah. go one way or the other. Sometimes it's just the right role, you know, in the right movie. I mean, to me, guys, this to me is just, I don't think that it says more about superheroes as much as it, well, here's what it says to me. I think it says to me, one, um, cheaply just going after money grabs, thinking the superhero brand will automatically give you something is not going to work. Because that's to me what this always was, which Mm -hmm. brings me to the real issues with this movie is that this was a movie that flat out should not have been made. Um, there was no appetite for it. Mm-hmm. There was no fan base for it. And to add on to the fact that there was zero excitement for this character at this moment in time, I'm not saying that Hellboy didn't deserve a movie at some point in time again. Because, again, he had a very successful movie the first time they tried to do this. Um, this wasn't the time to do this. And then you add on to the fact that I thought this was a very clumsy, very 
poorly executed campaign rollout, uh, marketing rollout for this movie. The first trailer, this is Deadpool, basically. Second trailer, and then you really didn't see much else promotion outside of that. Mm-hmm. And the second promotion, it was a lot more action-based. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what am I watching? Is this a funny movie? Is this a comedy movie? Or is this action-packed, you know, popcorn kind of movie? I, it never had an identity in any of its marketing. And the marketing effort behind it was minimal. I mean, I, I don't think they did anything in terms of trying to promote this movie. Didn't see a lot of TV ads. Didn't see a lot of ads online. Didn't see a lot of ads in New York City walking around. I'm in New York City a lot. Ad, this movie was not visible. A lot of people don't know this movie happened. There are superhero fans who don't know Hellboy came out this weekend. And that's outrageous. That that shouldn't happen. But because of the fact that no one wanted this movie in the first place and the fact that they didn't really go out of their way to try to make this movie a success, they have this colossal failure on their hands. And that makes me think that, well, maybe this was just a cheap money grab that they were like, yo, we just do this out there. We'll get a decent opening weekend and we'll make money on it. Now they're seeing, I don't know what the budget was for it, but they're going to, they're going to, it's going to, I don't know what the budget was, but $11 million is a really bad start. And the idea that they, they're they absolutely going to make a profit for this movie, uh, with some of the stuff I saw where there was some kind of budget in terms of CGI and things like that, uh, I think it's going to be very tough. Do, do you think that this movie is 15% bad? I mean, we didn't see it. I, I, oh, I, wouldn't, I mean, to me, I didn't see anything in the trailer that made me think, oh, this movie's going to be great. Like, that's true. like to me, if I seen those trails, you told me actually that movie was terrible. I would be like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no I, mean, I mean, like, I'm not gonna doubt you. Like, I, I would say, like, I'd be like, that's disappointing. Like, there was like it had not, no good elements, but I didn't see anything. Like, if Avengers Endgame was 15, I mean, they, that's not a bad example. That wasn't they don't have to show much, but like, if um, Spider Man Homecoming was 15, percent I'd be like, wow, really. 15% that like you know the trailer they showed some stuff I liked what I was seeing they really how they messed that up so badly with some of the stuff they shot working really well in their promotional campaign this movie no I mean they told me it's 15% I'd be like all right well 15% I, you know I, I didn't see I didn't see an Oscar when I was watching the trailers for this movie I was gonna watch it I was gonna be intrigued I was planning on seeing this movie because I thought it would be respectable but I mean I get that 15% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, with the, it being a colossal failure that we've heard about it being so far, I don't know. It, it, this movie had a $50 million budget, and right now they have $12 million in the bank. They're going to crawl that $50 million. They did 12 yeah. in the first weekend. I mean, yeah, there's no way. I mean, no way they're breaking This movie, even. I don't think this movie it came did. out. I don't think this movie came out internationally. Did it come out other places? Is it coming out other places? Probably. Yeah, probably more than likely, but probably. still. I mean, but I hope that their international campaign is great. That, that's the only way they make. That's the only way they make a profit. It's gonna come internationally. They're not making that profit because they're not getting fifty million domestically. They're at, again. I'm gonna repeat. They're at twelve right now. They ain't getting the fifty. But I mean, this movie will not be in the in the theaters for longer than a month. It's gonna be gone by the time May time May fifteenth coming around around that date. This movie will not be around. So their domestic dollars is gonna be just dried up very soon. Like I said, they had the internet. I guess the international will be their only chance moving forward. But this this is a this is a very bad start. Again, I really hope that they have a uh, 
a a better international uh, marketing plan than what they have. They've done they've they've done uh, you know domestically because this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I mean, yeah. and and and, I, and and while you know that we do chuckle and we do laugh as a superhero fan, there is a little frustration for me because I'm like Hellboy didn't deserve this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a character with too much nostalgia. This is a character that too, that means too much to too many people. I'm not the biggest yeah. Hellboy fan, but I know what Hellboy is about. I yeah. know what he represents, and, and I know I like the the old movies, and I like the idea that there is a <laughs> chance that you can have a third party hero be marketable, and like right. it doesn't have to be Marvel and DC. Like yeah. I thought, the fact that Hellboy could even exist in the new millennium was dope. Like even that alone, like yo, that's crazy. Like, like this movie, who you know, uh, kind of a a niche kind of character that maybe a lot of people may not be very familiar with, you know, was not only well received but actually did decent in the box office. Like, but those marketing campaigns were great. Like, I remember yeah. in two thousand and four. I mean, yeah. Hellboy was everywhere. Yeah, like, they they invested in that. This they and it, didn't and it was anything. good. It was and solid. it was a good movie. Exactly. Uh, this was the in, in exact opposite. They didn't invest anything, and and that's why I say I get frustrated because I'm like, you could have just left Hellboy alone. He had a great. He had a great. Uh, legacy with what he did as an underdog in those first two movies. Why did they do this? And um, but uh, money is the root of all evil. <laughs> at the end of the day, and this is what we had. We had a again, what I felt was a cheap money grab, and uh, the studio Summit is not paying for it. And I don't know how this is going to end up working out in the end, uh, but it's not fair. It's not. It's not fair that a character like Hellboy and Dark Horse uh, have to look at this uh, atrocity of of a box office number and a Rotten Tomatoes number and, and that be attached to their character. He didn't deserve it and it's a shame that they went through with it. But um, that brings us to uh, our episode recaps for this week. So uh, today we're doing Supergirl House of L all about Eve. That was our episodes 16 and 17. Um, House of L, guys, I thought was uh, fantastic. Uh, potentially another uh, Jenny, uh, Jenny nominee type of episode. Lex Luthor is just completely captivating, and and I, I Kroll just deserves so much respect for pulling off this role the way he did. Um, I wasn't completely convinced that he was going to be the greatest Lex Luthor. I wasn't completely convinced in his look when we first were introduced to him. Uh, the beard was a new thing that I, I never really seen Lex Luthor with a beard uh, most of the time, but I mean. Him and him and kind of working this psychology of the red daughter and how he made this woman into a woman that we see at by the end of All About Eve, who's I I don't know if we those are confirmed deaths, but I'm gonna say she killed them people in the White House. You know, yeah. they they made definitely they definitely leaned into the fact that that's what you're supposed to think. Uh, we didn't see any decapitated heads or anything, but Supergirl is in point blank range. She's heat visioning humans. Those people are not surviving that. So, how he made this monster, so to speak, uh, was brilliant. And it, it leads you into that last scene and it being so captivating and seeing how someone who was so innocent and so pure and, and initially good could be shaped and manipulated into what they become. Um, the overall episode of All About Eve, I thought was okay, but House of L to me was the uh, was the was definitely the the big one. Where I thought that wow, this is great stuff, and 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 Alexis is gonna be a very tough out in regards to who can be, win a a you know a, a Jenny for 
uh, villain of the year. I mean, this guy is just remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, what I'm trying to think, what shows we got? I mean, we got Krypton coming down the pipe. So we got Zod and Doomsday. Apparently, Doomsday is going to be back. Um, uh, you know, so we got we, some we more have, shows. We have Kingpin. Huh? We do have Kingpin. Yeah, and Kingpin. Um, so I mean, this it's gonna be a good, <laughs> it's gonna be a good year for the Jennies. Um, but yeah, man, Lex Luthor is fantastic as we've discussed before, EJ. Um, I mean, this, uh, and I agree that episode of House of L. That that I said, I cry, think, cry right away, not crawl. Justin Crawl. I was thinking about someone else. John Cryer is who plays. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. Uh, he's an Uncle Drew. Yeah. <laughs> they look kind of similar. Yeah. He has a beard. So, but yeah, no, anyway, you can continue. Um, but yeah, I agree. This episode, that episode of House of L is definitely, that's definitely got to be a Jenny, um, you know, for best episode. Um, you know, uh, look, man, I got to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to the Supergirl writers for writing a, a very, just a very great character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is a great arc uh, for uh, Subaru. Um, and shout out to Melissa Benoist for acting two roles, and and the other role is very interesting. Yeah. Um. So she's doing a very good job. So <laughs> shout out to her for doing that. Um. So I'm I'm very impressed uh, with this storyline. Extremely impressed with everything less Luthor related. I don't like don't want him to go away. Because he's made this show so much better. Oh yeah, no, I mean he he he's brought the intensity and brought this show to uh, new heights, Kendall. Um, I'm really excited to see what you think of Lex Kendall because you got to see him not just in these episodes, but then you saw the other episodes where he's introduced. What have you made of his impact on the show so far, and these two episodes in particular? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about Lex Luthor being in this show since the show started and the potential and you know whether or not we would see him and what kind of impact he could have if we did see him and ultimately when we found out he's going to be in this season um that was interesting but you still never you never know until you have an actor portray the character but um like you said the, the impact of his character is felt less by the the writers and the story and more by just the active performance I think and that's that is something that is I think very um, it's a very telling by uh, that that you know they're able to not only I mean like I said the story isn't bad or it's not like they haven't done anything with his character but um, the actor's performance has also elevated that character to I think an even an even higher level than what I would have expected. Um, you know, I think uh, that first episode he's introduced. I mean, he did an excellent job. <laughs> yeah, killer, <laughs> absolute yeah, he, killer performance. He killed that episode. Um, but like you said, even in the last couple episodes, uh, you know, we've still seen. I mean, I like that. I mean, they're they're not like I thought he was going to be more of a shadowy figure. That's not what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they're, now the last episode, Eve, and uh, ironically, I said I thought it was okay. Um, it's probably a little better than okay. I think the Martian Man stuff really annoyed me, which we'll get to maybe in a sec. But, um, but he isn't in the entire episode at all. It's, right. it's the, it's the, you know, he has I guess three episodes in a row where he's in it or two. I've got the number exactly, 
and that's the first yeah, episode yeah. too. And that's it. Yeah, so he's not in it completely, even though you feel his impact the entire episode, which is also very good writing too. The fear that Jimmy has, the kind of fear that uh, that, that 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 Tara has, kind of knowing that this guy's on the loose and that anything can happen at any moment, and how everyone's kind of adjusting how they how they act because this guy is loose, and then seeing him strike the way he did again, not anywhere to be seen. Uh, showed that that was an effect, but that was interesting, Kendall. That uh, the last episode I thought took a little bit of a slide back. He wasn't in, but you're right. In the two episodes he was in, it wasn't a I'm a shadowy figure. I'm gonna say a couple of words. He was yeah, he directly was desk yes, yes. He was invested in those episodes completely, and I'm hoping we get more of that. I'm hoping we don't. It doesn't become less more of what we saw in, in, in episode 17, and I hope it becomes more of what we saw in 16 and 15. But with Cryer, I mean, he, you know, he's a fairly big name actress, actor. Sorry, um, you know, maybe for him they kind of want to test it out and see what they can do with him. Is there a chance that maybe this is him setting him up for a bigger role for season five or even a Superman show, uh, and that maybe we won't see what we saw initially in fifteen and sixteen the entire way, rest of the way? I hope not, but maybe that's a possibility. Hmm. Super, you said a Superman show. I mean, it's been that rumor has been around for yes. now a while, yeah. and the strength of this performance and the reception that they've gotten, I don't think it's really reflected in the ratings per se. Superdog Girl does fine for a show that comes on Sunday night, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, at, looking at their ratings week to week, there hasn't been this bump that maybe they would have hoped for with Lex's appearance. I think they could have maybe promoted it a little better, but that's another story. Perhaps they maybe not even rooting for that. Maybe they feel like they wanted to see what what if we write the most ruthless like Luthor we can possibly write on, and most intelligent like Luthor, uh, and complex like Luthor, like Luthor we can write on TV. Uh, what would that look like? And and is there an appetite for this? Now that they have a resounding yes from the fans, I have everyone has said that Cryer is killing this thing. Does that make them say, okay, well now a Superman show is viable because we have a. a we have a, a, a beast in Lex in a Lex Luthor character that absolutely could be the ultimate villain opposite of Superman, who would be Tyler Hoechlin. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a possibility. Um, honestly, whatever show this Lex is on, I'm satisfied, <laughs> and I will be watching. They just need to keep him, you know. Whatever show they decide to put him on, if he leaves Supergirl, I mean, look, he's only been in a few episodes so far. You know, I don't know what effect he's had on ratings. I feel like if he, if he remains for the rest of the season and then he just leaves next season, I feel like ratings may drop. Mm. Like, I'm just straight up. He's that good, you know. Similar to when they added uh, Jerome to Gotham. Right. And Jerome was just off Gotham for a long time and people were upset, <laughs> you know. And then they added him back on because people were upset. So I mean, I feel like it, this is. I feel like he's having a similar effect on this show, and they need to do what they can to make it so that he remains on the CW in some way, shape, or form. But the I question, but then the question to me, kind of, would be: someone like Lex, as long as he's around, I'm always going to be asking, okay, when is the Superman confrontation happening? Even on Supergirl, I'm still kind of like. Okay, I mean, this Superman conversation has got to be coming down because at the end of the day, this is Superman's fight whenever this guy shows up. So, but didn't Superman, I mean, Superman's out of the picture. He's out of the picture. Right, right now he's out of the picture. But 
And, I mean, Lex is so great where it might not matter. At least this Cryer version is so great. It might not matter. But will I always be kind of waiting for Superman to come around eventually? Like, does he work in a Flash? You know what I'm saying? Like, I would watch it. <laughs> I would. I think the Flash <laughs> could definitely use a shot in the arm, and he would be the kind of character that could do it. But would it make sense? Um, we, we know Arrow is going to be you know, a different kind of show next season. Does he work in Arrow? Does he work in Legends of Tomorrow? Uh you know, how does this character fit outside of what we're seeing in Supergirl if he's not going to be used um, beyond this season? I, I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, on Supergirl, I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. I, I actually think that the Superman conversation will happen this season. That's my opinion. I think this will end with Superman helping Kara yeah. stop this guy. I don't think Kara's going to be able to stop her on, on, on her own. Interesting. He'll come back. I hope so. Yeah, I think I mean, that'd be cool. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought the way they wrote it, I, I, didn't, I wasn't. I'm not expecting to see Aquaman, which may be why they did it. <laughs> Maybe they, what if you're not expecting to show up and that he shows up? They, I mean, they definitely wrote it to, to to expect that he is off planet, off galaxy. He can't make it back very quickly. Right. Like they 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 sold it, but like in wrestling, like they sell things for a reason sometimes. And I think that that comeback would be legendary. You see Hawkland come back. He's the guy that has to stop uh, Lex. And honestly, I think that Hawkland could use the bump, uh, so to speak, another wrestling term. Because I don't think he was written that great in the crossover. Um, I don't think he's been written that great in terms of how powerful he is as a whole on this show. He could use that bump of beating Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, and we've we've said that before on the show mm-hmm. <laughs> that he needs that, and that you know, uh, Superman wasn't particularly strong uh, in past episodes. I would like that personally. I think I think that would be good storytelling for Superman to come back to, and for them to have to team up to take down Lex Luthor. I mean, he already has superpowers, and he's been bu- building metallos and stuff. He's got access to Kryptonite clearly. Um, I mean, this is. Uh, this is an extremely bad situation. And then you got the Red Daughter in the situation as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Superman had to show up to help Kara take down this threat. Um, you know, maybe it'd be Superman, Supergirl, and Martian Manhunter. And superpower Jimmy Olsen. Right. Who's right. having seizures. I don't know what his deal is. But, yeah, that's very strange. Um, I couldn't tell if that was his powers messing with him or, like, his anxiety. I just or assumed it was, it was a combination. His, it was his uh, trauma. Or just whatever trauma he's they, they should have. Yeah. I was hoping out. I, I wish that could have been a little more clear. Because mm. that wasn't clear to me at all. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, what, I again, like one of the reason why I, I I keep stressing that some of that episode annoyed me was I, I the Martian Manhunter thing just really that was re- another guy who I think they've kind of taken some teeth away from honestly on this show. I mean, he's the Martian Manhunter. And he's flying with Kyra, trying to find Lex for two seconds, and he just collapses because he doesn't know who he is. I I don't know that that <laughs> that storyline this week just didn't work for me. Or it was a couple weeks ago, and we watched the show today. Um, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I love seeing his dad back. Uh, the ca- character is a really fun character, and I enjoy seeing him. But the way they brought him back, I didn't need this. I don't know what the I don't know what they accomplished with this. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they really accomplished anything. I I mean, he he just... should know he's a Martian Manhunter. Like a, he had to, like 
okay, he, he killed somebody, and now he, he's not sure of himself. His dad's like, yeah, you were not never right for this job to begin with. Now you got to go back to being a marching manhunter. And even how, like, the the games that he was playing with him, I don't know. I, I was watching this, I, every time I was just like, oh, God, can we just get back to the main storyline? Or even Jimmy. Well, I mean, it was annoying was. me because I didn't know why the dad was being so annoying. But then, it, <laughs> but then he kind of it was kind of oh to help him find himself. So I was like oh okay, you know. I mean, it kind of made it better, you know. But it wasn't a really it wasn't a great storyline by any stretch. Can't know anything on the Manhunter storyline this week. Did you do it? Were, am I wrong? Were you were you were you more uh, okay with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was okay with the Manhunter storyline. Really. I, 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 uh, you know, I feel like, you know, to be fair, last time I watched it, like, he was kind of, you know, in no man's land. And, like, I feel like at least they're giving his character, like... He's kind of been in no man's land all season. Right, exactly. It's been a whole thing with him and his session with Manchester. And initially it was him trying to be, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pete, Mr. Pacifist. Yeah, uh, You know, so Manchester is gone now. Uh, so the fact that we've developed to where now you know he, he's back to you know, I'm the marching man hunter like. But we had to get the, we had to, do we need this episode to do that? He couldn't just. He, I I don't think I needed a whole episode of him acting the way he was acting in the episode. He was like going right. crazy, like and again like to me like, Martian Manhunter is a Justice League rapper. I mean, just Martian Manhunter is as powerful as they come really in the DC universe for heroes in my opinion. You know, there's Superman, there's Wonder Woman, and then after that. There's a bunch of other people. He's among the top heroes. The fact that he was like a guy that, you know, you know, it's clutch time. Lex Luthor's on the loose. Karen needs everyone on deck. And Marsh Manhunter's by his side. And he collapses because he doesn't know who he is. I'm like, what? Like, you know, Marsh Manhunter is like one of the most clutch members of the Justice League. This was him coming out to me very unclutch in the situation where they needed him. Right. And then when Karen still needs him, he's off in some, ra- he's off in some spaceship. He's like, you know, it's going straight to the voicemail. <laughs> I'm like, so, like, Martian Manhunter, like, would really be helpful right now. And he can't be found. He can't fly. He can't do anything. And I love Martian Manhunter, which is why I'm I'm so distressed by how they've been writing John right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, you, I mean, you guys know I'm in agreement with that. I mean, all this Manchester stuff. Um, and, <laughs> you know... <laughs> And then, uh, you know, and then this, and it's like, okay. I mean, it, it at least seems to me like they have, they're, they're, it's, or it seems, I want to emphasize that, it seems that they're done with whatever mental problems. It does seem that way. You know, he's been dealing with this whole season. So that's at least a good sign, I think. Um, you know, now I don't need him to go back to being DEO, you know, always sure of himself, Hank Henshaw, Martian Manhunter. But, you know, this other Martian Manhunter that's, like, going crazy and, like, doesn't know who he is and is obsessed with finding Manchester and, or helping Manchester or whatever, whatever, like, you know, I'm glad we're, at least, it at least seems we're done with that. And to me, it also, not to bang on the story anymore besides this last statement for me, was that, and Kenneth, you could jump in, like, even his explanations as to how he could possibly lose his powers to me was kind of ridiculous. He's sitting there, he's panicking, he's like, there's this old tale about shapeshifters, and if you don't forget that who you are, you forget you forget your identity, you forget, you don't even know who you are, you begin to be someone you're not, and I don't want that to happen to me, I'm like, wait a minute, so an old legend, you think an old legend is actually gonna happen? Like, to me, like, 
like they didn't even explain like how like what was gonna happen to him was gonna happen. Like he said it was an old legend, and then he was like, "That's gonna happen." I'm like, "Why? Why do you think that it has to happen to you?" It, it wasn't even a Martian legend. It was like an old legend about shapeshifters in general. And uh, like I'm watching this, I'm like, "Oh, this is like for a show that's been such on a roll. Like this is just not good. Anything with this guy right now, it's just not good." Um, Jimmy was the other element of this episode. Any thoughts on Jimmy's situation? Again, the anxiety thing was a little hard for me to pick up on, which is why, which is why I asked about it. Uh, I mean, he was kind of being annoying. I'm glad at the end he realized that he had a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's um, kind of what happens, though, unfortunately. Yeah, People I know. People have those kind of struggles. You know, but still. I was just, <laughs> you know, yeah. just watching doesn't mean Doesn't mean you can't dislike it. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, uh, all right, yeah. And he tends to do that a lot, honestly, in the show. So I was kind of like, uh, okay. But... You know, I'm glad he is. You know, was at least coming around, um, and uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm particularly looking forward to that storyline because it seems like more people with mental issues and hangups and stuff that you know, just drama, just thrown in for the sake of being there. But, um, uh, but yeah, this episode I wasn't really a huge fan of him, but. I don't. I don't particularly hate the storyline that they're going for. I guess I just gotta see where where they go with it. What do you think now that we see that it was actually uh, Miss Tessmacher that shot him and not Manchester? Because remember when we talked about the sham, we were like we didn't kind of get like Manchester and his like why he would shoot Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. So now that we know it wasn't him, and it was once again linked to Lex Luthor, how do you feel about uh, about that? Um. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I am, um, I mean, I think it makes sense. Yeah. You know? I mean, we knew Lex was behind it. You yeah. know, when, when Lex admitted it, he's like, yeah, I was behind Jimmy getting shot, too. He told yeah. me, you know. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it just proves, just, just goes to, on to support uh, the whole thing of Lex being in control of everything. Yeah. So, his tentacles are everywhere. Yeah, literally. Even when he's locked up, his tentacles are everywhere. Even when he's locked up, which is, ugh. But yeah, man, I I think it's a great storyline. I love what they've been doing with him so far. Yeah, I mean he's 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 completely dismantled uh, now. Uh, Lena in the last episode before uh, the uh, episode with him and 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 Red Daughter, and right. this episode he dismantled Car. I mean him and Eve did a number on her, uh, just playing the game of you know and Kara you know being perhaps not as seasoned uh, Superman per se like you know going right at the car that was the only car that had a thing and opening it and assuming that you know it wasn't a trap and it was and it was played to perfection and yep. allowed um you know red daughter to come in and, and do the work that she did lex has been awesome uh this show has been really solid definitely has a chance with the jennies we we only have about uh what about six or seven episodes left this season so uh we'll keep watching they come they return next sunday on my birthday april 21st so uh, I'm not sure if that'll be an episode we review, but if we do, we'll definitely bring it to you. So anyway, that's a sh- good show for you guys this week. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. You can catch all of our podcasts on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can catch Hero Talk, Sports Talk, um, Imperial Broadcast, which again has a very special show that we'll record on Monday night for Star Wars Celebration. You're going to be joining us for that. I will be on the show uh, for that as well, so I'll be a special guest. So if you love me, uh, definitely (laughs) listen in. If you hate me, don't worry. Shamari still runs the ship, so he'll be uh, uh, hosting that. So you guys still watch. Um, 
and especially also that this is going to be tonight, we're recording this on Sunday, our first recording of the Throne Tales podcast, which is our Game of Thrones uh, episode recap show that we do every week after Game of, Thrones, Game, of, Game of Thrones record. So by the time you may have heard this podcast, you should see it up already on our uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn uh, app uh, page. But if you want to keep following us, if you've seen Game of Thrones, you want to go back, it's a good chance to uh, check out our podcast. Um, and we'll be recording every Sunday until the series ends, which is, what, six episodes, seven episodes, however much it is. Seven, I think it is. I believe so, yeah. Um, so, so seven episodes of that podcast, really fun. Uh, it's me and uh, a group of friends of mine, Martin Torres, who's been a guest on Sports Talk and Hero Talk, uh, James Holly, Vlad Francois, and uh, Billy Torres, all on that show. So, uh, with that being said, make sure you uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, New Generation Media, on Twitter at New Generation Pod, and on Instagram uh at new generation podcast follow shimari on uh, snapchat and instagram mcchan22 follow me on twitter at eg underscore stewart and on instagram at action ej again that does it for now we'll be back more next week with more hero talk for shimari for kendall i'm ej peace